Hello, good morning. I'm Jamie from Stillmeyer Games, and I'm here for the next hour to hang out with you on Valentine's Day of all days. I hope you're having a good Valentine's Day, whether you are with someone else or if you are happily single. I, I remember I was happily single for a long time. Now I'm happily with Megan, but I enjoyed I enjoyed both both lifestyles for a while, um, depending on on where I was in my life right then. So uh, I, I love seeing in the board game community that there are lots of videos released this week about you know board game great games to play with couples, but there are also a lot of videos this week or, or content around. Um, I don't know, solo play, solo play, because I think that's a not not necessarily saying that when you're playing solo that you're not with someone else. There's plenty of ways to enjoy solo games, even if you're if you have a partner. But uh, but I like the board game community embracing the idea that Valentine's Day isn't just about um, having a partner, but it's also about um, uh, being happy with uh, with who you are and, and where you are in life. So I really love that. So in encompassing all of that, happy Valentine's Day to you. I see some wonderful people here today. Garrett, Chad, Dominic, William, Ian, Julie, and Chad. Julie, I think you had a birthday this past weekend. Did it did it go well? Did you have a good time? I think I saw you post um, some really neat card holders that someone in your family gave you, maybe in the Wormspan Facebook group. I've been loving seeing the posts in the Wormspan group about different, or it might've been in the Wingspan group. I think it was the Wingspan uh, fan art related to that. But uh yeah, I've been loving seeing the post in Wormspan, in the Wormspan group and on Instagram about people getting Wormspan to their table. And I have a brief shipping update I can provide about that. Really, it's no different than the update that we sent out the other day. But in case it's in your spam folder and you're waiting for your copy of Wormspan, um, all, well, actually, I want to make sure I get this right. But I believe all champion orders have shipped at this point. So you should have a tracking number if you are still my champion, unless you are in Europe. And in Europe, champion orders are shipping this week and next week. So by the end of next week, all champions in Europe should have their tracking notification. And um, in terms of non-champions, uh, some non-champion shipments, I believe in Canada and Australia, are starting to be shipped out this week. And the, the U.S. will start next week because uh, there are still some more champion orders in the U.S. I, actually, I should have said that. More champion orders are going out this week for the U.S. Non-champion orders start next week in the U.S. And then uh, in Europe, the week after that, the final week in February, the first week of March, will be non-champion orders in Europe. Yeah, a little all over the place. If you need a clarification there, I can repeat what I said. And I can also look at the email that Joe sent me, a very helpful email. Um, let's see what else is going on today. Oh, I, I wanted to, I have, a, I have a lot to say today. A lot of, lot of different topics. I can also, of course, answer any questions that you have. Um, well, actually, G Money has, a, 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 I think, a, a touching comment about how um, they're, how, how can I say this, that that in some places and sometimes in some countries, not everyone, not all people who love each other are allowed to get married and to show each other um, that, uh, to show, I guess, the world that they want to be together through uh, the vow of marriage. And that's, to me, is really unfortunate. I, it, I, I, Think if if you if you really love someone and you want to be committed to them, um, regardless of of uh, whether that person is the same gender as you or different gender, um, I I believe that you that you should be able to sh to show your love and show your commitment to them through the official act of marriage. So um, I know some people might call that a political belief. Really, for me, it's about it's about love. It's not about politics. So uh, I think that's a yeah. Valentine's Day is a good day, a good day to bring that up um, to share with. Uh, people of, of different identities around the world. Uh, Julie says she did have a great birthday. She said we played party games with the kids in the afternoon and her husband and her played Ark Nova, his gift to her. That's wonderful, wonderful game, Ark Nova. And she's looking forward to playing Charterstone as well. That's great, Julie. I'm glad you had a happy birthday. We had pretty good weather here in St. Louis this past weekend. I think, well, the weather on Friday was awesome. I remember, I think that's where I, I saw you one of the live plays. We had beautiful weather in St. Louis on Friday and then it got a little bit worse and colder over the weekend, but it was never really bad. Chad says, I heard of the Cinder Spire series of books, steampunk future flying pirate ships and sentient cats that are amazing. I have not heard of Cinder Spire, but I need to look that up now. Here, let's, uh, I'll pull that up. Cinder Spire. Cinder Spire. I do, while I'm looking for this, I want to give a shout out to a... That's by Jim Butcher. Isn't he famous for a different series of books? I haven't read his, his other series. Cool. The Cinder, uh, yeah, let's check this out. 
very highly rated, at least on Amazon. The Aeronauts Windless by Jim Butcher. What is Jim Butcher famous for? This guy is famous for Dresden. That's it. He's famous for Dresden. All right, yeah, I'll send a, a sample to myself. Right now, I actually just finished reading The Midnight Library, which was uh, one of these books where there's a character who gets to live different versions of her life. And it was a wonderful book. It was a really touching book. It's it's left me thinking about, about it. And I just started a book called Bear Town. But after that, yeah, I'd love to check out this series. This looks amazing. But while I was looking at that, I also wanted to give a shout out to the Kickstarter project for Everstone. Um, Sam McDavid is running this campaign. Sam is a new creator, a new designer. And I know just how much work Sam has put into this. He, I, I see sometimes projects are maybe... Actually, no, I don't want to discount any other project, but I just know how much work Sam has put into this. He's he spent a lot of time and effort, not just on the game, but on building an audience, researching Kickstarter and crowdfunding and, and game design and, uh, and game publishing. And uh, it's been really neat to see it do well on Kickstarter. It just launched yesterday. It hasn't quite reached 100% funding yet, but the game looks great. I'm a backer and I'm excited to play the game. Uh, so feel free to check out Everstone. I will show you that on, in fact, I need to, I'm only six minutes in. I remember that I'm not showing comments yet. So I will do that. Let me pull it up on my other screen here so I can show you what Everstone looks like. Let's see where we are. Everstone. How are we doing, Sam? Yeah, I'm back in two projects right now. The Altered TCG. Not really interested in the trading card element of it, but more so the game part of it. And let's see if I can share this well. Here we go. So here is Everstone. This is Sam's project. Everstone. It's a worker placement game. It's engine building. I believe it's worker placement. Is it worker placement? Action selection, not worker placement. Um, with engine building, there's a tableau building. There's a few elements that look a little bit similar to Scythe in terms of the uh, the achievement system and how you're upgrading actions on your player mat in four different sections. Um, I love seeing iterations of those types of mechanisms. The game looks great. I'm excited about it. Yeah, feel free to check that out on, on Kickstarter if you're interested. Um, that is Everstone. Yeah. Julie says that the Midnight Library and Bear Town are both fantastic. Uh, and I, I'm glad you like both of those books, Julie. One of the reasons I got into Bear Town is it's by the same author of Anxious People, which I haven't read, but I watched the, the six episode Netflix series for Anxious People recently and loved it. Absolutely loved it. And so I wanted to learn, read more from that author. I think there is a TV series too, but it's not available, at least not on streaming right now in the US that I could find. Um, and also related to that, we're watching the Mr. and Mrs. Smith series on Amazon, which isn't at all what I expected from it. Uh, it's It has Donald Glover and I forget the other actress's name, um, but they're both great. And it's awesome. It's really, really good. Uh, I'd recommend it. It's a little intense at times. Um, but yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Amazon Prime here in the US, really, really good, or at least for me. I'm really enjoying it. Tim says, sorry about the 49ers in the Super Bowl. He says, we played Wormspan and went to a nice local restaurant because it was easy to do last minute reservations here in San Francisco. I bet it was. Yeah, San Francisco is my team. It's the team that I rooted for for a long, long time. I was excited to see them in the Super Bowl. I was really excited that it was a good game. Like it was a really close game, or at least I think it was. I was hosting a bunch of people for the Super Bowl. And so I, I actually did not see very much of the game at all. Um, I, yeah, I was busy hosting and playing games and talking to people, eating good food. So I saw very little of the game until it went to overtime. And then I turned my attention to the TV for a little bit. And honestly, I, I think uh, I think the 49ers had opportunities to win the game and they didn't take those opportunities. Uh, they, you know, they, they had a, a blocked extra point. Um, that, that's a, that's, you know, that's the, the tiebreaker right there. Not, that, that puts them out of the tie if they, if they hit that extra point. In overtime, they had the ball first. Um, they could have gone for a touchdown. They didn't. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I don't know, the team that scored more points deserved to win. <laughs> that was the, that was Kansas City. So I'm glad it was a, a good game. And honestly, I, I had a good time just hosting people and having a good time playing games and, and seeing a lot of people here at the house. So um, I'm sorry for you, Tim, too, if you were rooting for the 49ers. Lisa says that Epic Loot in Centerville will be running a Wormspan tournament the first week of April. That's the week after the the May, May not May, March 29th release date for um for Wormspan. Thank you, Lisa, for doing that. That's really, really exciting. 
our games, of course, aren't really designed for tournament play. They're designed for casual play. But I think at a store like like Epic Loot, it's designed around, you know, bringing people in, showing them what the game is and just having fun with the game. And, you know, there, there, there is a winner, but that's the point of it is to have fun along the way. Uh, for the Year of the Dragon, so the Year of the Dragon, the Lunar New Year just began on on Saturday. And we had some friends who had friends in town who wanted to play Wormspan. And so I cobbled together a six-player version of Wormspan. I posted it on Instagram today. You know, Wormspan only plays up to five players, but I'm the publisher. I have a lot of extra components. So I, I put together a six-player component, and we played kind of a flock mode where we had two pods of three within the same game using the same goals, uh, but uh, two different – well, the same Dragon Guild, but but uh, the two to, two to three-player Dragon Guild um, on both sides of the table. And it went great. It went actually really well. It played way faster than if we had tried a full six-player game of Wormspan with a ton of downtime between between uh, player turns. Uh, we had a, a lot of fun doing that. And earlier in the day in St. Louis, it was Mardi Gras. And so Megan and I went to a local place called La Patisserie Choquette, which is, uh, I think the owner is from New Orleans. And so they do a lot of uh, Louisiana, New Orleans, Mardi Gras specials at this time of year. And so we went there and waited in line for a while. There was It was very popular. And didn't get all the things that we wanted, but we did get some good treats there. Reminds me of my chocolate of the day today. I don't know if any of you are doing have treats related to Mardi Gras or the Year of the Dragon or Valentine's Day. Lots of opportunities for treats this week. But my treat is still actually, I have a little bit of chocolate left over that Megan gave me for my birthday last month for uh, from Honeymoon Chocolates here in St. Louis. Combined with Caldi's Coffee also here in St. Louis. This is the 75% dark chocolate coffee and spices chocolate bar. Really, really good chocolate bar. And I am enjoying that today. Let's see, Ray says he recently acquired Parks uh, related to one of the videos or the, some of the videos I've done about Parks. I've talked about Parks a lot. And his wife, I've really liked it so far. I was wondering if you have gotten any of the expansions for it, which mainly look like they provide more variety in Parks and Trail sites. You know, I haven't. I, I'm really um, pleased with the variety in the core game itself, so I have not gotten any of the, the expansions for it. If anyone else in the comments has, though, feel free to chime in and share that with Ray. Uh, Garrett points out that Altered is on Board Game Arena with all the starter decks. I, yeah, I do need to play it there. Maybe at my virtual game night next week, uh, I could see about doing that. Garrett says he's played a couple times, really likes it. Oh, Garrett, I, I would love to play with you, Garrett. Yeah, let's um, let's do that. Let's make that happen. Um, yeah, maybe maybe this afternoon. I'll get in touch with you about that. Garrett, I have a little bit of time this afternoon. I, I'd love to get, give it a try and take it for a spin. Um, I backed it for the kind of the lower level just to get a few starter packs and, and play around with it. And, and maybe if they let me add on a few boosters, it was interesting. Like you could, the next level was adding a ton of boosters and I don't want to go all in on it. I just want to have a few boosters and give it a try. Uh, oh, thank you, Daniel. Uh, Maya Erskine uh is miss smith in mr and mrs Smith. thank you for for sharing that yeah she's awesome she was in uh the series 1015 to a really funny series on hulu chess says do you know about arcs from leader games i do know about arcs i am not a backer for it because i know several of my friends love games from cole Worley and they are backers of it and he says i hear you start with no powers and as the game goes you become very asymmetric i do like that style of play i'm kind of moving towards that for um for competitive games just because of the, the how difficult it is to balance strong asymmetry i think light asymmetry a lot easier but strong asymmetry like what we do in wingspan and wormspan no starting asymmetry just as you play you are creating your own asymmetry just says, which do you prefer starting asymmetric or ending asymmetric with no powers i think for competitive games like i just said i think i'm gravitating towards at most very light asymmetry at the beginning of the game and you add on you create your own asymmetry through your engine through the things through the decisions you make as the game goes on i think that's what i'm leaning towards for cooperative games i'm all in for either i, I think either is for, fine for cooperative games in fact i think stronger asymmetry can give you a sense of direction in a in a cooperative game Let's see. TJ says, why did you punch the hang, tag, hang tags through the Expedition's play mat? It leaves a whole lot behind where other options considered. TJ, uh, I wasn't personally doing that, unfortunately. Um, I, I would not have made that decision if that was if that was my uh, decision. But so what TJ is referring to is, unfortunately, our factory um, 
did something we didn't ask them to do for the expeditions playmats, which was they punched a uh, a plastic cord through the bottom right corner of the expeditions playmats. I think it's either one or two punches. It's really small. You can only see it if you're really looking for it. It doesn't impact gameplay at all, but it is annoying. You have a little hole in your playmat. What we had asked them to do was to thread uh, a a thread, a, a very thin thread through it, um, and they didn't do that, which you know it it wasn't what we asked for. Um, and since then, we've also shifted to another method where we've, we're in future print runs, we're going to use a sticker that we've tested that doesn't leave residue behind. So, um, yeah, one of these things that uh, it was not the intention for it. I'm sorry for it. Fortunately, uh, it does not. Fortunately, it does not impact the uh, the, the gameplay of, of the mat, and the rest of the mat is pristine and, and as it should be. Um, Michelle says, how long was the gameplay for six-player Wormspan? So this was a, a an unofficial thing that we did for Wormspan, where I brought in an extra player mat, some extra player tokens, an extra guild tile, um, and an extra, really, a, an extra guild board in total. And we played in pods of three. So we were we had a, a little group of three where we were taking two simultaneous turns. I should have clarified that at the beginning. So within each pod of three, we were taking sim a simultaneous turns. So um, it was it was Eric. Me and Gene, and then Eric, Jamie, Gene, Eric, Jamie, Gene. The other pod was going around in their little circle, and then we'd sync up for round end goals. It took. It was a teaching game, and you know we were being fairly social. We were reading Dragon Facts out loud. I think it took a little bit over two hours, but um, but it flowed really, really well in that way. Julio has some good news about his uh, his engineering license after a nine hour test. That is a long test, Julio. But congratulations! That's wonderful that you that you passed your engineering test. What are you going to do with it? What comes next? Pete says he just finished the Charterstone campaign with a group of four with one Otama. Interesting choice. I'm glad that worked out with you. And he won by seven points after twelve games. Very very close campaign there, Pete. And congratulations on the win. That's wonderful. He's going to play Ticket to Ride Legacy next. You know, I just got a notification for 7th Citadel, a game I backed a long time ago. So I'm excited to get that to the table whenever it arrives. We also need to finish up our Sleeping Gods Distant Skies campaign. That's the, the game under my table right now. Um, you know, I have a lot of other little topics. Let me try to catch up on questions that I'll talk about little topics a little bit. Lisa has a comment about Altered. She says, we have the demo decks. It's very much a board game style TCG. There's a strange digital element to collecting. It could be a game changer in the industry. Yeah, I am curious about what they do there. Um, that's more of a novelty, novelty to me. I'm not looking, looking to go deep into a trading card game, but uh, from a game store, I'm sure that's that's interesting to you. Um, I'm just curious about the gameplay. And I like the idea that it is a dueling style game where you're not trying to kill the opponent. You're not fighting the opponent. You're not trying to reduce their life to zero. Not that I mind that there are great games that do that, but I like that they're trying something different with that format. Ian said that he got his first game of Wormspan in last night, and I was very happy to see that you played Wadi's Rough Tale. This is the dragon inspired by Walter and my late cat, Biddy. I'm always happy to see that one pop up at the table. Uh, G Money says, how do you feel about essential expansions? Have you done a top 10 video games, video of games you will not play without an expansion? You know, I do have, I do have videos about expansions at least one video and i plan on doing another one but it, i generally try to avoid that type of i don't know that, that type of hyperbole saying like i wouldn't play this game without the expansion i in fact i can't think of any game like that for me i can think of games where i definitely like to include the expansion and many other games that i'm happy to play without the expansion but i think by saying that it's somewhat of a disservice to the the amount of work that went into the core game itself and so it's generally not, um, that's not the angle I like to take when I talk about expansions. Yeah. Hey, Pam Walls is here. The incredible designer of Blob Party, which uh, we actually had at the table this past weekend too. Pam, we actually started with Blob Party, played a few rounds of that, and then went over to Wormspan. Uh, she says, will Wormspan be on Tabletopia? I'd love to play it on stream. It will be. So um, it will be, on. we put our games on Tabletopia on launch days or on retail release days. So that's, uh, not launch day, definitely a different day. Retail release day is March 29th. That's what, when it'll be there on Tabletopia. Uh, thank you so much for 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 streaming that. That's that's amazing of you to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's when it'll be on Tabletopia. I'm gonna make a quick note about that, Pam. Thank you for the reminder. I, I do know that it is uh, it is ready to go um, for Tabletopia. 
Stuart is joining us and from a different time zone. Stuart is usually in Australia and he is in the UK visiting his parents right now. He says his copy of Wormsman delivered in Australia just after he left. Just I saw that, that Stuart had just missed you. I'm sorry about that. And he's got to wait till March to get to the, to the table. I'm sorry about that, Stuart. Just missed you. But hopefully you have a good time in the UK with your parents and maybe get some other games to the table while you're there. Valerie says, what have I been reading lately? I just finished the book, The Midnight Library. I really, really like that. And now I'm on to Beartown. And I'm already enjoying Beartown. I'm just a few chapters in so far. I'm adjusting to the writer's style. The writer writes in, um, I think it's just present tense. Like, uh, so it's a, I'm not used to reading books in that in that tense. But I really like the way that the author talks about characters and about uh, kind of town building almost. So I'm really enjoying Beartown so far. What are you reading? What is anyone else reading some amazing books right now? Or have you finished any amazing books in 2024 so far? Even if it's an older book, that's fine too. Jason said the big news. I wouldn't say there's any big news today. Just talking about Super Bowl, Valentine's Day, uh, Year of the Dragon. No big news. Let's see if there is any news on my little sheet. To, to talk about today. I have a little, I always have a little sticky note of things to talk about. Um, at the Super Bowl party, I played Blockus, Boop, uh, Bag of Chips, and Ito. Great games to play at gatherings, uh, all those. Uh, Susan, my coworker Susanna was very kind to teach me Bag of Chips. I really enjoyed it. That was, that was a lot of fun. I can't wait to play that again. Um, we also went, we had a busy weekend. We went to a place called Mellow, which is a disc golf store in St. Louis that has a batting cage for disc golfing, where you can test out discs. You can throw discs with a special sensor on them. And this computer hooked up in the, in the batting cage will tell you like uh, uh, how many spins it's getting per minute um, and the speed of your throw. And I threw really hard, <laughs> threw some forehands really hard to see what I could do. I got my best throw was just over 62 miles an hour. This is forehand, throwing forehand, uh, 62 miles an hour. At, I think it was 888 uh, RPM. Uh, so that was my best throw out there. But it was it was fun to throw really hard into a net and see see wh what your rating was. If you ever come to St. Louis and you're into disc golf, I highly recommend going to the store. The the shop owner, and re really, as cool as that device was, it was the store owner who made the, the experience so wonderful. His name is Roger. He was just so welcoming and nice and and uh, and helpful and uh, just the, the nicest guy. Um, I, I, yeah, it's, it's a really, really special store. Thanks to Roger. And uh, yeah, just had a great experience at Mellow here in St. Louis this past weekend. Um, so yeah, we did, we did Mellow. We did uh, Wormspan six players. We did, uh, we waited in line to get some, uh, some, some Mardi Gras food. Yeah. Some other things to talk about in a minute. Oh, and before I forget, I'll say this at the end too, but right after this video, uh, if you want to watch Man vs. Meeple play Wormspan, they are doing a live stream, a live play right after this video ends. So um, if you're watching this live, it's around 10.23 St. Louis time right now. So at 11 a.m. St. Louis time, Central time, that's right after this video. Go over to the Man vs. Meeple channel, and they're going to be live playing Wormspan if you want to check that out. I'll also include that link on our website afterward. So you can you can watch it in the future. But if you want to chime in and hang out with them as they play, I believe a two-player game of Wormspan, feel free to head out over the, head over to, to Man versus Meeple after this video. I'll try to remember that at the end of the video too. So Julio just finished, it just passed his engineering test. I asked him what he was doing next. And he, next, and he said, next is a report documenting his five, his four years of experience in design, construction, administration, and project management, then waiting for comments for approval or approval. About a month process give or take. That's a that's a big document to make. Julio, and I hope that goes well. Um, good luck in preparing that. Yeah, four years of experience. That's awesome. Uh, I'm excited about what comes next for you. Nick says his group was a little, or, or their group was a little confused by the once per round dragons. Like, do we have a choice of when to do it? It's it's end of round. Yeah. Um, there was a reason we chose that language. Actually, this is what it was. We have had so many people ask in wingspan where we use the term end of round. Uh, we have had so many people ask us, do I get this every round or do I get this only at the end of the round that I've played the dragon? I had a ton of people ask that. And so end of round is intuitive to me, but I agree with you. But we've had that question so many times that we wanted to ask that we wanted to state it in a different way. So maybe we should have gone with 
uh, once per round at end of round, but it was it's a lot of text to do there. So um, instead, I believe we put it on the uh, the goal mat itself. Uh, no, we didn't put maybe we didn't put it on the goal mat. No, we did. We did. We have that. We have the one. The end of round. We have the icon on the goal mat. So it is on the goal mat to remind you to do it. But that is the reason behind it that we found people were were misplaying it in wingspan, or at least having that question. Wilson says expeditions will have expansions. Uh, expeditions does have one expansion on the way. You can see it on our progress chart on the news page of our website, and there might be more. Uh, but right now, there's only just one expansion in the works that I'm excited to talk about in a few months. Yeah. Uh, Brett, I'm glad to hear this, uh, related to Pam Walls, the designer who chimed in a few minutes ago. He says he brought Blob Party after seeing it in my top 10 of 2023. He says his family loved it. I'm still loving it. It's it's such a clever game. We had a hard game of it too, Pam, if you're still watching the other day. We um, we, we synced up well, but getting that last, the, the last clue uh, was was pretty difficult. And the clues changed. It's not like there was a specific clue, but we we were we were right on the edge of of uh I guess failing kind of, but we were just playing until we until we finally joined one blob. We weren't playing uh timed uh with a timer. Anthony recommends the book The Bird Way. I I've heard good things about that book from fellow wingspanners. David says that him and Connie uh, grabbed this Connie of of Apiary and Wormspan. She they grabbed the Humble Bundle deal to grab the entire Discworld series by Terry Pratchett in ebook form. That's a lot of books. That's a lot of books for for you two to to get through. Uh, Jason says, "Love the shirt, Geekway to the West." This is actually the Stolmeyer Games Champion shirt from a few years ago, designed by Red Riding Red Rising artist Miles Bensky. But you're right; it is also uh, related, well, not related, but indirectly related to Geekway to the West, a wonderful convention here in St. Louis that's happening in May that I will be at and just having fun playing games with anyone who wants to play games with me. So if you're thinking about going to a convention this spring where you just play a lot of games for a few days and uh, you want to play a game with me, please uh, please come to Geekway to the West and, and let's hang out. I'd love to see you there. Garrett says, do you ever reread books? That's a good question. If so, which ones have hit your rotation multiple times? He says, I recently finished a third reread of Project Hail Mary. You know, just the other day, I, I read Project Hail Mary, and just the other day, a friend mentioned how much they were loving and recommending that book to everyone they, they talked about. It's a great book. It's by the author of The Martian, for anyone who's heard of The Martian, but not Project Hail Mary. And that's a fun question, Garrett. I'm curious for, for anyone who, who uh, wants to answer that question. My answer would be, it's pretty darn rare, because I have so many books that I haven't read that I want to read. Every now and then, it happens. It's only happened. So it's happened twice. I think in the last ten years that I've reread a book. One was Ready Player One. I don't know why. I was just in the mood to go on the chase again at Ready Player One. I think it's a really fun read, or at least I really enjoyed it. And I reread um, The Name of the Wind a long time ago. Uh, I think maybe I was getting hopeful that there was book three coming out, and then it didn't didn't happen. But uh, I reread it just to see. If I still enjoyed the book, I'm still enjoyed it. There, there, are, I think some. It's problematic in some ways, but uh, but I also still enjoyed the the book. So, um, yeah, the 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 name of the wind and Ready Player One are the only two that I can think of that I've reread uh, in in a long, long time now. I definitely also have probably reread some of. No, I'm, yeah, those are the only two I can think of for a long, long time. Yeah, Anthony says that he also bought the Loud Party. I'm glad I, I got to. Have the opportunity to share blob party with a lot of people i'm lucky that i discovered it. how did I, I actually discovered it uh because pam so this is the, the wonder of the gaming community the gaming industry pam walls has a great game design channel she posted a video and posted many videos that i really liked but she posted a video that inspired me to write a blog post where i talked about um what pam had talked about in that video and then i reached out to pam i think just to let her know that i was writing about her her video and um, and I realized in communicating with Pam very briefly over email that I had never played one of her games and I wanted to. And so I checked out Blob Party. I love the idea of it because I love the style of party game that I like are cooperative uh, party games. And uh, so I got Blob Party. I, I bought it. I, I loved it and, uh, and got to share it with people. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a, a testament to to. A lot of different things there, but namely starting with the fact that Pam has a YouTube channel where she so generously gives of her time to talk about game design and game publishing and things like that. Um, otherwise, I, I may not have discovered this game. Yeah. 
Ray says, have you ever read Bright Light's Big City? It's a fascinating little book written in second person. That's like when you say uh, you, you use the word you a lot. Basically, someone makes the reader the subject of the story alongside the main character. I haven't. That's really interesting. Um, Bright Light's Big City. I will add that to my list. Ray. That is definitely take me a little bit. Bright Light's Big City. To adjust to that style, I, I think I've only read books in that style once or twice. Um, but, uh, but I'm very curious now. Thank you for recommending that. IB Jeeper says they received their copy of Wormspan and the upgrade pack. It's beautiful. Can't wait to play it. For anyone who didn't wasn't able to get the upgrade pack, I have a blog post about it this past Monday about some of the decisions that went into demand forecasting for the upgrade pack. Um, basically, we had 10,000 units for the web store, and we sold through them faster than we thought, except in Europe, where we have extras. Um, but uh, we are making more. We're, we're making more. That's always, fortunately, the answer to Stonemaier Games. When we run out of something, we're going to make more of it. Um, I feel bad that we aren't able to serve people at the point where they are like originally first buying Wormspan, so they could have that pack in the same order, consolidate shipping. I definitely feel bad about that. But we are going to make more. It will be back in stock this summer. Caption, interesting. Uh, Shani says the caption on the live notification says big game news. Interesting. On there, Shani's on Facebook. So the title that I put on the video is Valentine's Day, Year of the Dragon, Super Bowl, and more. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about where it says big game news. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't know where I'm seeing that. Although I'm on I'm on StreamYard right now. I'm not seeing what you're seeing on Facebook, but I'll take a look after the live cast to see what, what you're referring to there, Shani. Jeremy says, have I ever thought about adding an eighth player pack to purchase for Wingspan? We use the eight player flock wheel posted on Board Game V with, with great pieces. Jeremy, I appreciate you asking, but I think we've gone high enough with six and seven players in, um, in Wingspan Asia. I, I think it's pretty rare. I think it's great that you found a way to play with eight. That's awesome. Um, and you could definitely make that happen with some spare pieces, with, uh, with, uh, with, a, with a rubber play mat. You could definitely make that happen. But I think it's probably a very, very small group of number of people who are trying to play a wingspan at eight players. So I think we'll probably, we, I, I, I am fairly confident that we're going to cap it at, at six or seven with the flock mode and just five out of the box. Let's see. Uh, Valerie says uh, about the reading topic, she got sucked into reading the Hollows series. Definitely lighter read than what I normally read. Are you enjoying it though? It sounds like you're sucked into it. So probably enjoying it to a certain extent, Valerie. That's great. So Paul says, end of each round. End of each round. Yeah, I like that. Instead of uh, once per round, say end of each round. That's concise. I like that. Um, yeah, uh, too late now, but uh, but I but I, I like that. Uh, I, I like that usage for the future. Yeah. And I can see how once per round would be confusing given that we use the, the terminology uh, once between terms for something completely different in Wingspan. Julie's reading Yellowface. Oh, Yellowface is on my list. I'm looking forward to reading that. I, uh, that author, I, I, I've read her, I believe it's uh, R.K. Huang, maybe? I might have the, the initials wrong. But her first series of books is kind of a, a fantasy series that I really love. So I'm curious to see this book, which I don't think is fantasy. And Julie also read Leave Only Footprints, about a journalist who visited all the national parks in a year. That sounds great, too. Yeah. Let's see. Ian says, final excavate clarification. Wormspan question here from Ian. When I played Cape Road in the final space in a row, I was a bit confused as to whether I get to do the when played twice or just once and decide which choices to do first. Yeah, it is in the rule book, Ian, but a rule clarification is you can do them in either order. And um, definitely just the when played once. I'm not sure why. Why? Uh, what's indicating that you can do it twice. You can do it once and in either order with the when played benefit printed on the cave card. And then if you want, you can pay a combination of any three things as noted on the player map to one time gain an extra coin. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Julia, Julia is, has already gotten Wormspan to the table and she got some nice upgrades as well for her copy. Glad to hear that, Julia. Larry says, if I wanted your opinion on a game that I designed, could I send you a copy? Thank you for asking that, Larry. Um, 
I'm very busy running a publishing company, so I'm not available for private advice or consultation. Uh, there's a page about this on our website if you want to check out the advice and consultation page. Uh, however, I love to talk about game design in the comments of my YouTube channel. So if you ever want to talk about game design in a public way where you want to share uh, topics of conversation that could benefit other people too, I am more than happy to talk about them in the comments of related videos on my YouTube channel. Chad says, I'm curious if I've ever played Fort at two players. I've only played Fort once, and I believe it was at four players, Chad. So I haven't played it at two. Others in the comments might have played it more, though. Stuart says he brought some games to the UK from Australia. Mountain Goats, Chomp, Bandito Trails. I believe a few of those games are from AllPlay, um, a Kansas City company. Are there any other easy-to-teach games you could recommend for people who don't play many very often? I do have some lists about this, Stuart. Let's see if I can think of some offhand. Some of the games that I had, actually, Blob Party is great for this. I think Blob Party works great. Um, what are uh, what are some games that fit into that category? I'm sorry. I am usually come up with these things not on the spot, but but uh, and No Thanks is one that I like. Um, Mysterium Park, I think, goes over well. The Mind. These are simpler games, to be sure, but I still really enjoy them. Um, we had Boop on the table for the Super Bowl. So kind of some low-key, shorter, casual games, I think, I thought have gone over well. Uh, so let me, I, I'll flip back to your comments in a second. I'm almost a little bit ahead for them. Yeah, I'll, I'll pause on Pete's comment. I'll come back to your comment in a second there, Pete. Let's see, other topics I was going to cover today. I played Fox Experiment. The Fox Experiment, again, I played it, I think, twice, maybe three times now. Played that at game night on Thursday. Had fun playing that. It's also from it's from designer Elizabeth Hargrave, designer of Wingspan. Um, had a lot of play tests recently for some games that I'm working on, or all games that I'm working on, but either as a designer or as a developer. A lot of play tests. Um, questions of the day. Yeah, I have some questions for you. Uh, oh, and I did a video this past weekend. I posted a video this weekend about alliances, negotiation, and trading in games. A really uh, a fun video for me to film with two other people where we talked about alliances, trading, and negotiation. But my questions for you today... Um, oh, and I also did a blog post about back-to-back -back Kickstarters featuring Conquest Princess, which is available on Kickstarter right now. So these are campaigns where they ran a campaign on one platform and relatively soon afterward, before going to print, they went, they used a different crowdfunding platform to, uh, to, to I don't know, to, for various reasons. There are different reasons posted on the on the uh, the, the article. But uh, here's my question for the day today. So in about a month and a half is April Fool's Day. Obviously, we have something planned for Stillmeyer Games. But uh, I, on April Fool's, I often like to do a sillier top 10 video. And a few of the past videos have been related to cats or pets, like uh, pet, pets playing games, pets playing in, in game boxes, things like that. And I just, for fun, rank my favorites favorite photos that ambassadors share with us for those topics. Um, I'm curious if you have any ideas for this year, uh, because I, I've done a few of these. I don't want to do the same thing I've done in the past. I like the pets. I, I you know, I, I love sharing photos of, of Walter and other pets. Um, but if you have any ideas for a silly April Fool's video that is not hurtful to anyone, I'm not looking to make fun of anyone, to poke fun at, uh, at, at, at really even games in general, um, but something a little silly. It could be it could be pet related. It could be chocolate related. It could potentially be game related, um, tabletop game related. But yeah, if you think of something silly for a top 10 list for April Fool's Day, let me know. Um, and I'm happy to consider it. Pete says, I just bought the new set for the Imperium deck building game called Imperium Horizons. It's one of my favorites, one that I haven't, I have not played yet. What do you think about standalone box expansions versus expansions that require the core box? Is Wingspan Asia the only Stillmire product like that? What considerations go into making that decision. Uh, I believe Wingspan Asia is the only example of that at Stomire Games. Yeah, because I think uh, usually we want to convey the idea. I'm sorry, getting political text as is the, the, the time of year for that. Um, uh, so I, I usually try to convey with an expansion that it is that it the term expansion means that it expands the core game and that the core game is not included in the expansion box. Um, the main consideration that I think about is how many components do I need to replicate to make this a standalone game? 
And oftentimes the answer is a lot. Like if we wanted to do, like we did with Wingspan Asia, we had to provide player pieces. We had to provide enough cards, enough goals, enough goal tiles, goal mats, all these different things that you need to play Wingspan that are already included in the core box of, of, uh, of Wingspan. So um, if, if that adds, if you are duplicating a lot of components in that way, I that that's the reason that I almost always do standalone expansions, expansions that that are not uh, that that do not have core game components in them, because it would raise the cost, the size of the box, and the cost of the product by so much. And the most of the people who I think would buy it are those who already have the core game and who are interested in the core game anyway. So that is the main consideration there that goes into it. I think there are exceptions to it. Imperium, I don't know a lot about this game, but I think it is a card-driven game where there. Uh, maybe there aren't a lot of uh, there's not a lot of redundancy, I guess, between this expansion and uh, and the core set. So um, I think that's probably the idea. That's 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 the instance when I would when I consider it. Otherwise, the exception that we made for Wingspan Asia is that we saw an opportunity to provide um, a few different things out of the box. Like Wingspan Asia is a standalone two player game. It is also an expansion to Wingspan in terms of uh, uh, adding. The bird cards the bonus cards things like that and it expands wingspan in a different way where it adds a sixth and seventh player to the game so we kind of hit a bunch of different bases there and what i think ended up being a reasonably priced product even for someone who may not use the duet mode or the flock mode yeah um so i see people answering the question about uh books that they've read more than once and some other people are saying they actually really enjoy Project Hail Mary. That's great. Um, Julie has a nice comment about doing uh, uh, vision-friendly versions of Wingspan cards. And uh, and Julie, you probably noticed in, in Wormspan, I think we made the, the cards much more vision-friendly, much bigger text, wider spacing, largely because we put the dragon facts in a separate book instead of on the cards. A separate book included in the game, just not on the pack. Um, Luke says, I just bought a couple of books by Murakami. Are there any authors that you just, that you must have a physical edition? I read mostly digital. I also read mostly digital, mostly because I read on my back in bed with a book prop, propped above me. And I found that is not a comfortable reading position when I have a big book that I have to hold open, whether it's hardcover or, or paperback. So it's very rare that, uh, that I seek out or read non-digital books at this point. I read on my Kindle and I really like that. I, that's just my preferred reading style um, on the Kindle. So the only exceptions to that, I think, are business books that I might want to read and then share with someone else, might want to give to somebody else. Uh, graphic novels. I don't read a lot of graphic novels, but when I do, I, I, I want to, I, you know, I want to be able to look through it. I think those are mainly the two exceptions that I can think of or, or business books that I want to write in and write little notes to myself or tag different pages, things like that. Let's see. Um, George, uh, George is joining us today. George is one of the two amazing people, um, including Tonka, who joined me for Sunday's chat about games that feature alliances, negotiation, and trading. Thank you, George, so much for um, for sharing that or being part of that conversation. Julia says, for those that celebrate Valentine's Day, what are your plans or gifts for tonight? That's an open question for anyone to answer here. Lord Devastator says, how have the first few weeks of Wormspan sales compared to your expectations predictions? Exceed in line or under projections? Uh, they have exceeded our projections for sure. Um, fortunately, we had enough copies. We made enough copies that we were able to meet demand for the game, at least so far. Um, but we did fall a little bit short on the update packs and a little bit short on the rubber play mats as well in some of the regions. So uh, they have definitely exceeded our expectations and predictions, despite it being the biggest uh, first run in terms of the game and the accessories for any product that we've ever made. Yeah. Uh, G Money has a comment about uh, uh, rule books and and uh, yeah, this is a great video. I watched this video from from Tom Bassel on the on the Dice Tower about uh, important things for rule books. And honestly, I, I I even though I'm glad that you see some some good in what we did on on that video um, and that we're trying to do, I, I definitely saw some room for improvement too. Uh, Tom mentions an, the one thing that actually stood out was an index. We rarely put indexes in our rule books. Um, 
for no real good reason. Like there is no good reason why we don't put in indexes in there. So we, we need to do that more often, either a table of contents or an index in the back. I think part of the reason is that most of our, our rule books aren't all that long. And maybe some that do, maybe there is one or two that, that have indexes, but it's pretty rare. Um, so we need to do that more often, either a table of contents or an, an index. Dawson says that they like what the Wingspan fan art pack did to his game. He says his wife and I used the card to re uh, replace by it and put it in another box so we can bring the game to a coffee shop instead of still instead of the nesting box. Yeah, that's really cool that you, you can um, you can use the Wingspan fan art pack to uh, as like a, a secondary game essentially for Wingspan, not a standalone. You need the Wingspan components, of course. Ian has a quick question for everyone: trivia games, in or out? Um, and I will say in my house right now, something smells really good. I think Megan's cooking something and it smells delicious. She's going to make my stomach start growling. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Trishul says, now that we have Tapestry updated Civ mats, is it still okay to report the scores on the Stomar Games website after playing it with the older game start only adjustments? Or are those data points still useful? That's a good question. I still am using that leaderboard for, or I'm using that uh, data collection for the leaderboard. Definitely yes there. So I'm using it. So it is still fine for the leaderboard. I do. I think I have a question on there asking if which version of the sibs that you're using. So feel free to report it there. I will use it for the leaderboard. Um, beyond that, uh, we're, you know, we, we have the final version of the sieve. So we're not looking to use that data to revise the sieves anymore with maybe the one exception being fantasies and futures. We don't think that we need any revisions to those civilizations, but, uh, but that's the data that we might continue to analyze on an ongoing basis, just in case. Yeah. David says a candy tier list for April Fool's. That could be fun. I love talking about sweets and desserts. I'll make a note about that. So a candy maybe or, or dessert or treat of the day, treat tier list. I like that. Um, and so David's answering my question about, I, I want to do an April Fool's video this year and I don't know what the video should be yet. So uh, I, I've done silly videos in the past where people send me photos of their, cat, their pets playing games or, or in game boxes. And I've just for fun, ranked the photos of those those animals, but um, and I'm looking for one to do this year on on any sort of silly list that is not hurtful or shameful to anyone. I'm not looking to make fun of anyone through this. Jason said, "How do you how do you feel about solo only games? Do you ever play any? I'm particularly enjoying Final Girl at the moment. You know, Jason, I have a video coming out just for you, uh, just to answer this question this weekend, where I talk about multiplayer games that I have enjoyed solo, and I talk about it with." Um, Automa team member, Karel Tateka, who also works quite a bit on Rolling Realms, where we talk about that topic. So you can look forward to a, a video on my YouTube channel this Sunday about that topic. It is pretty rare that I play games solo. Um, very rare, in fact, but I have enjoyed a few of them. I, I did enjoy Oathsworn playing that solo. I also enjoyed playing Escape the Dark Castle solo. Yeah, but it's pretty rare. Pete says... Top 10 games with components you want to eat. I like that. I don't know if I have 10 games in that category, but uh, games I want to eat. Want to, to eat. I like that idea, Pete. TJ says top 10 games by taste that a dog ate. And so it's kind of related to Pete's. And we have seen, uh, we get many replacement parts for components lost by cats or eaten by dogs that we are happy to replace. Uh, and that we always hope that the pet is okay. Uh, Steve says, uh, uh, love you, Wormsman. Quick question. The guild adds so much to the game. Any chance something like this may be implemented into Wormsman in the future, like a bird watcher society or something similar? Steve, we don't have any, any plans to do anything like that. Uh, um, so I think it's highly unlikely. I think that'll be a uniquely Wormsman thing. I'm not saying that it's impossible, but to my knowledge, nothing like that is in the works right now. Maxwell says, top 10 animals in board games. Uh, or just your favorite animal art in games that is tied to the animal theme animals in games you know I, I can't remember every video that i've ever done but i feel like i may have done a video about oh no i did a video about cat themed games that's the one that i've done jason says disc golf top 10 pets eating desserts from ian 
Uh, Geeks says, how often do you go out and buy upgraded third-party components for games in your collection that you enjoy a lot and play often? What are your favorite blinged out components? It's very rare that I do this. Um, most of the games I play, I, I'm happy to just play the standard version of it. And as a publisher, I have a lot of spare pieces and parts that I can bring in. Like I have, you know, I have realistic resources that we used to make that are now made by Top Shelf Gamer. I have uh, lots of metal coins. So I often bring in these uh, ubiquitous components and bring them into other games. Um, I do have a, a fairly blinged out version of Wingspan and I do enjoy playing with that version of Wingspan. Luke <laughs> says top 10 box farts. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, Eric says, are we going to offer the cards by themselves? I'm not allowed to combine them. We do offer the Wingspan Asia cards by themselves in the form of their vision-friendly version. So that's how we sell cards by themselves. If you ever want a, a deck of uh, the North American cards or the Europe cards or the Oceanic cards or the Asia cards, you can buy them on our web store using the vision-friendly versions of those cards. They're available right now. Chet says, top 10 Stillmeyer games, re-themed box covers. So I could do, yeah, I guess we could do the, uh, the whole um dash span uh, uh memes that uh that that were available this year um so yeah that, that's consideration dash span memes for it for april fools that's a fun one let's see Danny says, uh, top 10 games with uh comfiest boxes for cats to sleep in or top 10 games that cats would use as a litter box yeah <laughs> that's that's a good one. So, Danny, one of the videos I did do are, are photos of of pets in game boxes, uh, all sorts of game boxes. So, in a way, I've kind of already done that one, but I do like the idea of. Um, I don't know. I guess I could do something with Walter. Maybe I could let Walter pick which game box he wants. Like I put out, I could put out two game boxes and let Walter choose which game box he wants more. That could be interesting. It would take some filming and some editing to do that, but. I'll see if I can do like Walter's picks. Walter is my 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 cat. Walter's game box selections. Uh, Valerie says, "If board games were playing a if board games were playing a D and D game, that's clever. I need to probably first play D and D before I do that one, though." <laughs> yeah. uh, George says, "Have I played Daybreak? I've not played Daybreak yet. I'm I'm curious about it. But I have not played it." Oh, Nate says he just got back from Galaxy's Edge. He picked up Sabak and struggled with the printed rules. You seem to really enjoy it. Did the rules confuse you as well? They did. The only reason I was able to really get uh, get through it is that I I also I played I, I was taught it, um, or I was taught a version of it while I was on the Star Cruiser. So um, the rules are a little bit confusing, um, and I'm still kind of modifying those rules to to make them work the way I really want them to. Let's see, um, just scrolling through a few more questions here as we wrap up today. Uh, Stace of Spades says, any thoughts, chance of thoughts of a second edition of Expeditions down the road that would make for a smaller footprint as of now the current edition won't fit on my table. I appreciate you asking about that. There, there are no plans to do that though. The, the, the tiles, I know they're big, um, but they're designed specifically so cards can fit bet beneath or between them. Uh, within the map and that's a key part of expeditions that the cards are actually in in between them on the uh, on the table so um i know it takes up a lot of table space but uh takes up a three by three by three uh, square feet or three by three feet uh, of a table um to fit the game on the table so i'm sorry i'm really sorry it won't fit uh but it it, it doesn't work in a smaller size unfortunately yeah Valerie has a note about rulebooks. She really likes rulebooks with important notes on the left or right-hand side of the page as a reminder, but also makes it easy to find rule references. I do like that too. We've gone with a kind of a, a more concise size for a rulebook so it can easily fit on the table. doesn't leave a lot of space in the margins. I guess we could do it in the bottom. I've seen a few rulebooks show those rules hints at the bottom of the page, kind of a bar at the bottom. I want to add that in a little bit more often because um, I, I do really like when, when rulebooks do that. Geek says, what makes for the best friendly local game store? What are the things that stick out to you when it comes to a game store standing out above its competitors? Uh, that's a great question. I, I think that, I, that's an open question for anyone to answer if they'd like. Uh, I do like warm, welcoming environments in multiple ways, both through the lighting, the spacing of the games, uh, and the people who are welcoming you in. Um, I, I uh, What else do I like? 
you know, one thing that I, okay, so this is maybe the, the number one thing for me personally, and this is not specific to game stores, but I like convenience um, when I'm ordering a game. Like if I hear about a game and I'm really excited to get it with, with very little friction, I'd like to be able to buy that game or yeah, I'd like to be able to buy the game. If I'm ready to buy a game, I want very little friction in how I actually buy the game. And so I really appreciate local game stores that make that process easy. The timing of when I receive the game is not all that important. Um, I have plenty of games to play, but if I can easily go to my friendly local game stores website, for example, and let them know in some way, whether I'm buying it on their website uh, for pickup or, um, or I'm emailing them and saying, hey, can you can you order this game for me? And that process is very smooth and easy. I am that is really the difference between me getting the game from a local game store and buying it online, where those are often fairly frictionless experiences. I'm not particularly price sensitive. The timing doesn't matter all that much. I just want convenience and, and not much friction. So that is probably the number one thing for me personally as a gamer when I look for what I vote for in a friendly local game store. Um, I also did a post, if you're curious about this, I did a post a few months ago about uh, Voss Media. That's V-O-S-S. -S. If you look up, uh, if you search for the Summer Games website for V-O-S-S, -S, I did a, do a detailed article about all the community-driven things that they are doing um, that I think are amazing. And while I am not involved in our local stores in that way as a gamer, I often host game nights. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm trying to provide that community at my house. Um, I love what Voss is doing, both as a gamer and as a publisher. Um, so feel free to check that out. If you're, if you're looking to learn more about a, a one game store, one of many game stores that are doing amazing things, check out that article, which goes into a lot of detail about what Voss is doing. Tom says, there are others that have dressed up in a, in a costume and playing certain games. Maybe this is a silly topic for April Fool's. I could see that. I'm not, I don't do costumes all that often, but I could, you know, I could see that being, being fun for an April Fool's video. Let's see. Uh, Romaine says, where are we in the production of the Expeditions expansion? Like, are they being close to being on the waters for fulfillment centers? Let's look where we are right now on the progress chart. Let's look where we are. So here, I'll pull it up on the other page here. So we're talking about Expeditions updates. We'll go over here. Let's go to um, we'll go to news. So we're going on the Summer Games website. We'll go to news. I'm going to make this a little bigger. We'll scroll down here. We'll look at the progress chart. Here we're showing Expeditions Expansion 1. And right now, this stage that's complete, its components are complete. So we're now in the print and assemble stage for the Expeditions Expansion. That's where we are right now. He says, uh, tastiest board game. Board game components. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's someone mentioned that earlier. I like I like that one. Um, Chad says, other than putting a cap on the amount a player may have, when is it beneficial to track player resources on a player mat track rather than physically grabbing individual components from a supply? That is a great question. I don't know if I have a clear answer because it's something that we did in Tapestry, uh, inspired by Gaia Project, where you're just kind of adjusting single resource tokens on a track. Um, and it's something that we haven't done in other games where you're kind of accumulating a mass of resources. I can see both ways. Uh, I don't know which is better when. It's a great question, but I don't I don't really know which one um, when to use one over another. I mean, sometimes it can be partially due to budget. It can cost a lot more to have a bunch of tokens versus a single token on a track. Uh, I guess part of the question is, do you have a player map? Do you have a player map? Uh, because players need to have their own individual player map to, to track those resources on the track. I think sometimes it's easier to do the math when you're looking at tokens on a track. At the same time, if you're having to plan ahead, then it's easier to use tokens because you can put like a little pile of tokens on a card that you want to play, like in Wingspan or Wormspan. You have to, you can, you can put them on a, a card and say, okay, I'm ready to play this card because you've actually physically put the resources there. I think that's really helpful too. So I don't know. Those are a few considerations that I think about. Let's see. Rocky says, is it redundant to submit scores via the leaderboard, Google form and the scoring app? Are there separate things? They're definitely separate things on the scoring app. We are not allowed to, to collect your data without your permission. There's no centralized database of the data. It's only stored locally on your phone. So we don't get any data actually from that leader, from the uh, Stomire scores app. Monica says 10 top 10 games that your cat wants to play. Yeah, that ties into the idea of Walter's like his favorite game boxes. I don't know if Walter really wants to play many games. He mostly just wants to sleep. Um, 
I could do top 10 Walter's favorite top 10 favorite cat toys, but I don't know if anyone would have fun watching that beyond me. TJ says, any plans to do a scoring app for all Star games like Garfield released for theirs? We actually have one. Yeah, they were in, they inspired us to do one. We released it well over a year ago. It's been out for a while. It's called Stonemeyer Scores. It's completely free. You can get it for Android or iOS right now. Yeah. Dash uh, Garrett says, Dash Span, the Incredibles crossover. I do love Dash. Dash is my, one of my favorite characters in any movie. And I love the Incredibles. Trishul says, what were the inspirations for the somewhat minimal and sketchbook style graphic design in Wormspan? I don't know. That's a good question. That's something that uh, that the artist and our graphic designer collaborated on. The artist just provided a lot of little sketches to kind of bring the world to life. And our graphic designer, when there was room, incorporated them into the rule book. Let's say I'm a little bit out of time here. So if I, I am going to miss a few questions here. So if I miss anything that you really want me to answer after I close off this video, feel free to post it in the comments of the video on YouTube. And also, if you want to go watch Wormspan on Man vs. Meeple, go to the Man vs. Meeple channel, and they are live streaming Wormspan starting right now. So go check that out and have fun watching and playing Wormspan along with them. Thank you all for your, your answers today. This was very helpful. Your, your questions, your answers. It was wonderful to hang out with you as always. And I hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day and a great week ahead of you. I'll see you next Wednesday. Take care. Bye.